Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the newly renovated, man. We got some new digs, Michael Brooks. We got new digs now to the newly renovated Woke Bros. I'm your gracious host, the bigger Haitian, Haitian sensation, Haitian irritation, Haitian imitation. Nah, I'm lying. That's just, you know, a derogatory term used by my enemies. Um, I'm your co-host alongside my brother, my comrade, my compatriot, Michael Brooks. What's up, Michael? Hey, how you doing, man? It's good to good to be talking with you as always. Uh, yeah, so I just want to talk to the people really quick because I know this is on the bomb feed, and previous the previous iteration of this show was mainly on Michael's own show, the Michael Brooks show, as well as our own Patreon. And you know, this is the first time we're going to be doing it. You know, straight up general public podcast from from here on out. So, so you know, I just want to like the. The death threats and things like that will talk <laughs> down a little. Right. <laughs> you know, so people who are used to to listening to me on Black Opinions Matter with Amin, Black Trey, Mariano, John Gervais, producer Jade, Barbara Kev, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you can you can you know you can expect more of the same, but we will be getting into communist leftist activity <laughs> over here, man. We talking straight up Lee Harvey Oswald type of shit, man. Without the terrorism. You feel me? 
Jay's not on the pod right now, so I felt like it. I felt safe throwing that in there. No, I like that. Oh, oh yeah, because if Jade was here, we would have like, wait, dude, you really think that Oswald with the right? Bullet? He was a plant. He Come was on. a plant. He was an. He was a. He was an agent provocateur, as they say. Look up MK Ultra. Yeah. Everybody's got <laughs> access to Google. Just look up MK Ultra and get back to me, dude. And so, yeah, that's what you could expect from me and Michael Brooksman. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this. I think people who are very new to what you and I offer as a tandem specifically, I think they're going to enjoy what we bring to the table. If, you know, if I may big myself up, you know what I'm saying? Well, there's no doubt about um, it. Half reckless, half Al Jazeera. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Politics, sports, exactly. I love it. And just a lot of enlightened problematic. And also, we are doing a live show in Los Angeles, California on January 12th. We are recording this episode of Woke Bros on Wednesday, October 24th. So by the time this post is going to be Thursday the 25th, the tickets might be gone. But please go check them out. You can check the back-to-back feed, the Count the Dings feed, my feed, Jade Hoy's feed. Um, and you're going to find... You're going to find a way to buy the tickets, so please get on that if you haven't already. These tickets are literally going like hotcakes. I don't know where that term originated, but it definitely applies to this January 12th in Los Angeles at the Bootleg Theater, man. Last show that we did was in New York. I know we've been talking about this shit for what seems like weeks now, but Michael was at the show. He was on the guest panel. He absolutely murdered people. With his Nation of Islam, Obama, and just general comedy and ridiculousness, uh, we had Pablo Torre, Bomani Jones, my man Jared Dubin, Coach David Thorpe, uh, uh, the lovely Taylor Rooks, just an assortment of special guests, you know, invited friends and stuff. So you can expect more of the same at the Los Angeles show. I had a lot of fun on the show, man. And I think anybody who attends L.A. will feel exactly the same. Yeah. And, you know, and again, um, make sure you're subscribed to The Daily Ding, our our daily quick wrap-up of every single NBA night. Make sure you're subscribed to, obviously, Back to Back, the podcast. And uh, that's about it, man. That's all we got. Oh, I'm also, well, and definitely go check out Michael Brooks' show. Oh, of course. I said that at the YouTube. top. Yes. YouTube, iTunes, and uh, you get the whole thing if you want. Uh, Patreon, too. Awesome. So I guess we can get into our first topic. Uh, of course, bombs have been been found. They were sent to people like Hillary Clinton, Obama, the scary, evil George Soros, <laughs> CNN and MSNBC con- contributors. They even sent the package to one of Debbie Wasserman Schultz's old um, offices, man. Uh, those people are out and they're out in full force, Michael. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in some ways, like, I'm actually really surprised that this hasn't happened before, to be honest with you. That's- uh, I think at a certain point, like, all of this rhetoric... And all of the conspiracy theories and all of the just kind of and the resentment and the racism and all and the sexism and all of just the kind of mixed up mental illness of right wing politics uh, 
you know, it's, it's going to lead to something. And I also, you know, I just think two other things to put on the table, uh, going back to at least the early part of the Obama administration, there was some security assessments that, you know, right wing, uh, extremist right wing groups are the biggest terrorist threats in the United States. And they weren't just writing about the Republican Party. <laughs> That's just my my comment. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, white supremacist clan, Nazi groups and so on. Uh, and 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 that was shut down by Republicans. They had a major outcry under Trump. A concrete thing that they've done it has actually been to turn resources away from disrupting those kinds of uh, groups in the uh, investing, you know, in disrupting those kind of groups in the United States and obviously focusing exclusively on uh, Muslims. Uh, and of course, not just actual terrorist groups that might be Muslims, but, but Muslim, but of course, you know, persecuting Muslims more broadly. And then, you know, the third thing I just would add is some people, especially Republicans, but even some people who just play like the false equivalency game. Jeff Flake did this, who is an absolute scumbag. I like Donald Trump way better than Jeff Flake. Spare me the sanctimony. <laughs> oh, and God. Jeff, he's such a phony. He's a phony piece of garbage. Give me something funny. Give me, you know, give me your authenticity. And he came out and, you know, he he also mentioned the fact that people have been rightly interrupting like a Mitch McConnell's dinner. Mitch McConnell's one of the grave diggers of American democracy and people getting in people's faces and protesting a little bit. He equated with sending fucking pipe bombs in the mail. It's like, oh, everybody needs, everybody needs to calm down. Fuck that. That's of course. Different. It's different. It's absolutely not the same thing. And don't let people draw those false equivalencies. Well, that... And the reason why this is the timing of this is also fascinating to me is because we have had the last few it's been a few weeks, like three weeks of this of quote unquote violence on the left. Right. <laughs> like this this idea that there are people who are considered, you know, hardline left wingers, which kind of is like. It's just that term is hilarious to me. The idea that there are hardliners. <laughs> On the left in the way that say – and again, because when I think of hardliners on the right, I think of people who bomb abortion clinics. Right. I think of people who bomb the NAACP. That's right. what I think of when I think of hardline right-wingers. So this idea that you know a couple of people got beat up at a couple of college campuses, you know, got lumped up a little bit. We don't condone it, but – we're not going to act like that's the same as freaking planting a bomb, murdering, you know, multiple people, like with the with the power to murder multiple people. It's just, you know, it's because that's what I was thinking about. I'm thinking about Timothy McVeigh. I'm thinking about, uh, you know, all the abortion doctors who were literally shot down, shot, like killed, <laughs> killed, like actually gunned down. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about that type of violence on the right. And I'm just like, wow, these people are hilarious. And of course, today, you know, these this bomb stuff happens and it's just laughable to act like there's a there's a moral equivalent to, you know, our nation's leaders saying that the the, the media are the enemy, the enemy. 
right? In the same way that you might say Al-Qaeda is. Literally. Because those are the words that generally, that when a president speaks like that, he's talking about people we, like, actually have to go go to war with, right? Like, me and you might start a beef or a war with another podcast, and we might make some jokes at their expense. We should probably do that pretty soon, actually. <laughs> right, get the ratings up very quick. Yeah, 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 let's do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. but when the president like, says, we are at war. AWOL. There's any number of people to insult now. Yo, and by the way, the last time, you know, even when we're at war with Things that are abstract, like the war on drugs, right? Like right. actual manpower, actual police presence, actual, yo, violence taking place behind the name of that war. Like yeah. real talk. And so real. when you hear the president call media factions the enemy, it's it's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, this is like to me, I always say we're in an evolve or devolve moment. And right now it's definitely devolve because what's hard is like you got this authoritarian president and this authoritarian Republican Party. And they are, as Noam Chomsky said, they are like the greatest threat to humanity on Earth right now. And that's not hyperbole. It's true. It's it's reality. It's when you because you have to think about the actual power that right. the people who run our government specifically, right? Like that's not the yeah, speaker exactly. it's not it's not like this little dictator in a third world country. Are, yeah, this the Republican Party's not running Uzbekistan and like all love to Uzbekistan, but Uzbekistan's you know policy doesn't have consequences in everywhere from you know uh, Haiti to Yemen to Mauritius to wherever. So. You know, it does. It's a global thing because the United States is a global power, obviously, the preeminent global power even still, although we're, we're working on passing that baton every day. But the thing is, is like at the same time, and this is definitely what Trump was able to exploit is, you know, the, the stuff behind it. Like we've been leading up to Trump for a very long time. Uh, in a lot of different ways, you know, and one of those ways is, is that corporate media in this country is terrible and people are very alienated from media, from the elites, uh, you know, in terms of their economic lives and everything else. And so it's like interesting right now, cause it's like on one hand, I feel like people who, you know, like me, I'm a socialist, that's my politics. And on one hand, it's like it's like fighting a two front war because you have to the main emergency is the Republican Party and the fundamental threat that these people pose. But then at the same time, I also can't. And, and of course, like sending bombs to fucking George Soros and Barack Obama, or Hillary Clinton. I mean, that's actually literally terrorism. Like I'm someone who's not so hot. I'm using that word. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Michael. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's up? We know we know those bombs don't hurt as badly as those from the Moslems. Right, exactly. On, the, they have special kinds of bombs that, you know, they make us feel less bombs. American when they kill us. It's ridiculous. No, those, oh, yeah, exactly. You know, you I fair point. I stand corrected. These are these bombs are really just about the open exchange of ideas. Right. But it's like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it's like, on the other hand, you know, I can't I can't I can't then turn around and say that, you know, 
we just need, I mean, we do need Democrats to win races. We'll talk about it in a second. But, you know, the Democratic Party is still a colossal failure in so many ways, both on a substantive policy level in a lot of ways, but also just as a brand. And so we've got to be like, yo, we have to deal with the emergency, uh, which is now, but also the longer term conditions. And the only other thing I want to throw in, you already said this, but just to underline, like, the, uh, the Democratic Party, you you can't even get – Chuck Schumer will come out and be like, oh, I'm so sorry that – oh, somebody was rude to Mitch McConnell. That's not America. Republicans talk this crazy shit all fucking day. Dang. Fox News – I watched a Fox News clip. They're sitting here whining about liberal protesters, and then they literally have to do a news break about these pipe bombs. And that's also because Republican Party is it's all psychic projection. It's all psychic projection. They're racist. They're a mob. They're irrational. And there's violence. And all they do is project that shit into the world. That's it. And look, you know, for years now, they've let this what used to be known as the quote unquote fringe element of the party basically act as the secret police, pseudo secret police, right? Like we don't want to get too hyperbolic, but that's, that's how this, this faction of where it's like, we're not going to actually tacitly endorse the rhetoric or what these people say back in the days anyway. Cause then you saw, you know, 2016, it was just straight up, straight up words from Stormfront being spoken at rallies. Right. Like being lifted from Stormfront, coming out of the word, coming out of the mouth of the GOP nominee for president. Um, And, you know, they would play essentially play footsie with these people. But now, like, obviously, they're going to get become more emboldened by this shit. Like it goes without saying. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. They're going to be more emboldened. And I think the other thing that's happened and actually, um, you know, Alex Perrine, you know, that like that the journalist. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal 
ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Yes, I'm familiar. Right. He wrote this piece. It was called like, how the long right-wing grift blew up in our faces right after Trump was elected, and it's really good. And one of the points that he actually made was like, there was no doubt where it was a long, I mean, because the Republican Party is this combination of like the oligarchs, the richest people just trying to, you know, destroy the public sector and suck out as much money as possible and destroy labor unions and all that. And then they got a base of people who vote on white identity politics and religious issues and all of that. And he said, you know, for a long time, you could talk to like, you know, a lot of Republicans in Washington or whatever, and they'd kind of be like, yeah, you know, Rush Limbaugh, Fox News, whatever. That's all crazy stuff for the rubes. But now, like, it's become a thing, like with the Tea Party class and all these other people, like, the congressmen are like, no, nah, we're fucking crazy too. Like, we believe this shit. <laughs> like, I mean, like, it's just like, oh, we put that out for the dumb people to vote for us. Like, they are the dumb people that vote for us. Like, starting with Sarah Palin, right? Like, Sarah Palin, that was the big Sarah Palin. Was like, I am that. I am. No, no, like, no. Like, like the, the rubes that you guys have basically, yeah. you know, created and this thing that's been gestating for 20, 30 years now, I'm the actual embodiment of it. Yeah. And that's why those people went so crazy. It's like, oh my God, I don't have to root for people like Mitt Romney to do my, to kind of do my bidding by proxy. Like I have an actual person who's exactly like me up there. Like, come on. And then, and again, like, thank you, John McCain, rest in peace, of course. But that made those base people be like, shit, man, why don't we have more people like Sarah Palin? Like, wh- yeah. why do we need Mitt Romney types? Why don't we have more people like that? You know what I and mean? So- I have to say that Mitt Romney also, I mean, I, I just always, oh, like, Mitt Romney's right wing as hell. <laughs> no, no, it's mom- not just that. It's in his yeah. affect. Right, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like his affectation as like this straight up waspy motherfucker. Right. Country club motherfucker. Like that is straight up who he is. He's dripping with that shit. And Sarah Palin Palin is not. No, Sarah Palin is like, Sarah Palin's dripping with like the fucking- Moose grease. of like a direct-to-DVD porno that would be terrifying and the fucking <laughs> politics of a Nazi message board and oh. the like, you know, fake wholesome soccer mom. That's some, that, woo, she was... I'm I remember she shot up on that stage and she sneered, real America! I was like, the, oh my God. God, yo, like leather boots. I actually remember I was like, this woman is gonna kill her base. The amount of <laughs> enraged, like, really, like, we you know, don't like, like white, loaded white guy in bad health who are gonna get all revved up in the get their first directions in years and have a heart attack because of this. 
my God, man. Like, this, this, this woman, man, she was the embodiment of it. I was just like, wow. But I was like, shit, man, they have to know this is ridiculous, right? Like, this can't actually work. Can it? <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> How is it that you're like the, the the black dude in America and you go, can this work? And I'm like, that's going to work. No, but see, but see, that's the, but that's the thing though. It's like, come on. We like, we know this is pure hillbilly, right? Even hillbillies know when people are being too hillbilly. No, that's what I'm trying to say. Like even somebody who. Distinction. I know tons of hillbillies and whatnot, but they're not Republicans. I'm talking about Republicans. People need, that's what I would say, man. I was just in Idaho and I don't have to get into like I was there doing some shit, but I I went. My friend Luke Mayville shouts to Luke. He runs this Medicaid expansion campaign out there. They're doing incredible work, and so I went did some door knocking with him. And I, I'll say, man, like there's definitely people like. I mean, I got some funny stories, no, but that's not what that's not that's not what I mean, right? No, what no, I mean no, is that no, people no. people who ostensibly share a lot of the cultural whatever of Sarah Palin, right? They don't necessarily have to be as political as her, but they know what the stereotypes of their culture are. They're gonna look at her and be like, "You, you, you, you're pushing it, lady." Well, you're so pushing it, no. But those are still normal people. You know what I mean? I'm talking about. It's going to work with Republicans. Right. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you meet a million guys who have a fucking camo hat. and Right, exactly. Thing. That's what I mean. Republicans. I'm talking about Republicans. See, mm. I think people need to be – people in the coast are way too fucking snobby and arrogant about shit like that. They need to drop that. It's. I'm not talking about pickup trucks and guns or whatever. I'm talking about – being a Republican. That's what I'm talking about. Right. You know what I mean? They might overlap, but they're not the no, same. No, but that's no, but that's the thing. There's a lot of over overlap, right? It's kind of like when I see a tree hugging vegan, right. you know, crystal rubbing all over their body. I'm like, <laughs> yo. We get it. We get it. You know, like I literally wouldn't want that person. I'd be like, this can't work on a national level. Right. That's what I mean, Mike. Like the people on ours, like sometimes I'm just like, yo, chill out. Like we're trying to win. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's that's what I mean when I see Sarah Pan. I'm like, come on, man. Those people are going to be like, really? Really? Because I've heard rednecks call people rednecks. Really like, yeah, yo, yeah. that motherfucker's a redneck. And he's doing too much or she's doing too much. You know, and of course, and only that type of person can say that out loud in Nick's company. You understand what I'm saying? I think that's where a lot of our people get it fucked up, where you think you can get on TV or whatever and think you get to talk about, quote unquote, rednecks when you're some fucking city slicker. Like, it just doesn't work like that. You know what I'm saying? But that's what I was saying. I just, I, I guess I was just like, man, nah, this is a cartoon character. You can't be a cartoon. I mean, it was. For what it's can't. Worth, it didn't work. It didn't work. It worked with their people, but it didn't right. work overall. Right. Yeah. No, but you're. And I think what's. But I think you're right. Like, yeah, people are really extra. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> really. And, we, and 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 you know, because of what you do in your line of work, Mike, you sometimes come in contact with the people from our side who sometimes. Oh, I- who sometimes go? Sometimes, wise. I'm I'm too, 
too funny slash normal or something at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> Being normal is a problem to a certain sect of people who we interact with on a daily. But um, yeah, man, uh, there's no, I, I don't really have much else to add to you know. And I was reading, man, I want to read this to you, bro. Uh, no. Chuck Pierce on his blog post about this, he said the following things have been blown up, and this is we're gonna end end off on this. The following things have been bombed or blown up in my lifetime a partial list the NAACP office in Colorado Springs the home of Rob, Robert Robinson in Savannah Georgia the Murray Federal Building in Oklahoma City the finish line of the marathon in Boston the Olympic Park in Atlanta Georgia the USS Cole in Aden Yemen the World Trade Center in New York an SUV in Times Square 17 people around the country at the hands of Theodore Kaczynski the US Senate chamber in Washington DC LaGuardia Airport in New York the State Department building in Washington DC Fonce's Tavern in New York, New York. Saul Herrocks, I don't know how to pronounce that, office in New York, New York. The Senate wing of the United States Capitol. A townhouse that was the headquarters of the Weather Underground in New York, New York. The 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. 21 bombings in and around Birmingham, Alabama. The home of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in Montgomery, Alabama. The home of Harry Moore in Mims, Florida. The home of Robert Robinson in Savannah, Georgia. The Hebrew Benevolent Congregation Temple in Atlanta, Georgia. Grand Central Station and Radio City Music Hall in New York, New York. 42 different women's health health clinic around all across the country. Again, and he prefaced that by saying this is a partial list. And that's just in his one man's lifetime. And there you go. And, and you know, if y'all can draw your own conclusions from some of the names and whatever that came up on this list. Which is uh, that liberals are running a month. Okay, so uh, the Saudi prince finally came out and said he's gonna punish the culprits. And I know, and it's not gonna take much work for anybody to make this parallel, but it was basically OJ coming out and say he was gonna find the real killers. (laughs) (laughs) We shouldn't be laughing about this, but like, yo. The the you know, brass, the prince, brass on this guy. The prince is in his prime, bro. Okay, that was OJ. Like I like that. What that was OJ's last thing. They're like, all right, you got away with killing your wife, and that's a wrap. Bro, the brass <laughs> ones on this guy though. He is he is amazing, and you know. And it's come up. Everybody who's been following the story, it's come up. They reporters doing their job, blatantly access dude, like, yo, are you essentially as y'all gonna let Saudi you gonna let these cats get away with this? Like this is just a brazen act of yo overstepping, period. Like you you we we cannot be made to be the people who are supporting this. Just a, a murder in cold blood at the embassy of consulate of a sovereign nation. Of a reporter. Why is, the, uh, 
Waz is the Charlie Murphy of MBS. He was a habitual line stepper. <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> no, and then Trump comes out and he's like, he's like, first of all, these people have spent hundreds of billions of dollars with us. So the idea, and he's so, and this is the best thing about Trump. He's so naked about some of this shit, right? And, you know, not to bring Israel into this, but there's a way that this type of shit happens with Israel. Not like this, but when you hear the strong embrace of the hugging of everything Israel, must protect them, our strongest ally, blah, 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 blah. What's left unsaid is that the Israeli lobby you know, is very strong, very rich, very powerful, very influential. And the politicians just don't say, we have to do X, Y, and Z because, you know, the Israeli lobby is very... <laughs> they don't say that in the next breath, right? Whereas Donald Trump would be like, we're not going to just come down on Saudi. And he doesn't just leave it at that. Like, yo, we're, you know, we're going to let the investigation go through. We're going to let them handle it, blah, 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 blah. He doesn't even... He comes right behind it with they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars of billions of dollars with us. This is how this is how Trump is. This is how he wins, because let me let me just say this. OK, like, of course, what they did to Jamal Khashoggi is wild and evil and unacceptable. And I got to tell you, if you know a little, you know, you know about Saudi Arabia, it's not that surprising. Yeah. But like, he's right. Because the truth, and not in this, not morally, but this is how it works. And this is why sometimes he cuts lanes for himself. Because the truth of the matter is, is that for decades, going back to World War II, there has been a tight relationship between the United States and Saudi Arabia. And fast forward it to now, since 2015, starting with Obama, sad to say, and accelerating under Trump, the United States is supporting Saudi Arabia every single day in a war in Yemen that is brutal, like causing cholera outbreaks, bombing hospitals, bombing funeral homes. They bombed a school bus last month, and they released one of the first apologies they've ever had in the war. And you know what their apology was? They said, sorry, we thought somebody guy was on that bus that we were trying to kill. So in other Amazing. words, they didn't even say we shouldn't have murdered these children. They were just like, oh, well, our bad. We, we, thought, thought, we thought, yeah, we thought one of our targets was there. Worth it to kill those kids because there was a guy on it, but he wasn't. So I'm sorry. Like literally Pablo Escobar, Avianca flight reasoning. So the truth is, is that both parties and also, like the Israelis, and there is a parallel, the same day that they're opening Jerusalem embassy of Israel is literally murdering protesters at point-blank range in Gaza. Like, Israel is what it is. People need to not be delusional about it. And right. the Israelis and the Saudis and the United Arab Emirates spend a huge amount of money in Washington on lobbyists. PR yep. people, consultants, and they've got people from both. And that, that is a thing that is a both party thing. So the truth is, is like when Trump came out, he was like, yeah, I don't know. Like we've got a huge arms sale package for them. And also, by the way, it's not just that there's 
huge amount of money in in venture capital and Wall Street in the Wall Street and Silicon Valley and real estate. So the world has said we don't give a fuck. And also, in addition to that, Mohammed bin Salman, The Rock kissed his ass. Michael Bloomberg kissed his ass. Yep. Mark Zuckerberg kissed his ass. And yep. because he did a few reforms in Saudi Arabia. Also, because he's 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 the magic word, Western educated. They love that shit. So what, they, actually, they love when they think the savages are being civilized. They love that shit. Western educated. He's pure Saudi educated. But what you're saying that's true? Is he saying, I want to privatize the oil industry? I want to make us more market oriented. I want to be a reformer. But it's like he has money. And this isn't a surprise. He kidnapped the prime minister of Lebanon. He's presiding over mass murder in Yemen. He has a lot on Qatar. Bro, bro, the way he came to power, people need to do some research on this. He fucking quarantined. Every single important person in Saudi in a hotel, at least one person ended up dead after this shit. And he basically extorted them and was like, yo, (laughs) you (laughs) y'all either get get down, y'all get down a lay down, bro, like straight up. Like he invited people to like a not a party but like sort of a conference, which was what's what it was supposed to be. Then put guns on those motherfuckers, tortured a few of them until he basically got them to okay him becoming the new basically de facto leader of Saudi Arabia. Like this guy is, he's not a nice guy, Michael. Oh no, he did, he did, when he was a young man, and he still is a young man. He's only like thirty four. But one of his first stories was he requested some official do something for him. This is like years ago before he was like, you know, he was powerful because he's a prince of a prominent royal uh, or a son of a prominent royal, but he was not in the position he is now. And the guy said no initially. And so MBS sent him an envelope with a bullet in it. Like, this is the dude. (laughs) This is the dude that, by the way, like Jared Kushner, when these, when Trump came to power, they said, we are going to basically build a Middle East strategy through this guy, who is also really close and mentored by the Prince uh, MBZ in Abu Dhabi. And they all are, re- are actually reaching a lot out to the Israelis because they're all about causing friction with Iran. So this has nothing to do like this is all about money. And capital, and there's no regard for human life, and what, and obviously this is hugely fucked up. But the idea, like where Trump, I think where he works is there's an unbelievable amount of people that you will see on media who days ago were were defending Saudi and talking about how enlightened MBS was, and now it's like that's oh, wild. How could you? How could you? Trump's the one who's just like, well, I mean, they should have covered it up better, but we have deals. Right. We have deals. Yeah. <laughs> we have deals. And, you know, and again, what I wanted to say is that the reason why this shit matters, right, is because there has to be some type of rules in place and agreement. Meaning, in the old days, these guys would have had to catch this reporter slipping, right? <laughs> like, doing yeah, yeah. something that he wasn't supposed to be doing. And there's literally no way to trace it back to the government, but everybody knows who got him got. 
right? Like, they would have had to catch him slipping. They couldn't just do it in Turkey's fucking embassy or consulate or whatever. Like, you just couldn't do shit like that. Just nakedly embarrass everybody and say that you're operating under no rules, no laws. That's why this shit matters. Like, they're basically saying to everybody, like, the United States will back literally anything I fucking do. Well, as, Even uh, if they're not going to back it explicitly, the, they're not going to do anything about it, which is de facto backing it. Well, that was his, yeah, that was obviously what he assumed. And that, and it's not really a, that bad of an assumption. But yeah, I mean, that was, why, that was why Trump was like, it was a bad deal. And it was bad at the idea phase. But yeah, it was, it was a tough deal. It was a bad deal. <laughs> and it was the worst cover-up. It was a terrible cover-up. It was a terrible, terrible cover-up. Because if anybody knows about cover-ups, it's this guy. I've been working with members of organized crime from across the world for decades. And... MBS, you're fired. I thought you you showed so much focus in the earlier parts of the competition, uh, but the cover-up was a disaster, and I'm sorry, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is this story. I don't. I feel like it has a lot of legs. Once you see people like Lindsey Graham even bitching about stuff like this, you know, like man, this shit has legs. Because even yeah, those Lindsey people are so full of shit. Lindsey Graham, of he's course. like. Lindsey Graham will be in Saudi Arabia yes, within six of months. Of course. Lindsey Graham's not even a brother who's in tune with himself. He's not even being right with himself. <laughs> if, if you know what I'm saying, he ain't even being right with himself. He ain't being honest with himself. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I can't take nothing that brother says seriously. Please. Uh, you want to talk? Go ahead. Seriously, as when he was like, I'm not voting for Donald Trump and he's not a Republican and blah, blah, blah. And now he is he is more he's PR flag. Donald Trump and more parasitic than almost anybody in Washington. Get the fuck out of here. You want to talk about the midterms? Yeah, man. Go vote. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, guys, it's getting down to the nitty fucking gritty, man. Like some of the shit that's going on in Tennessee and in Georgia where they're literally scrubbing voters off of rolls. Like the devil is working, y'all. You know what I'm yep. saying? You can sleep if you want. And again, I say this to all the people who say, oh, well, voting doesn't matter. Like, we, like, bro, if you really think, like, sure, your one vote kind of doesn't really fucking matter. But voting as a block, as a coalition, that shit does everything and it means everything. Because if it didn't, they wouldn't be purging Democratic voters off the rolls. If this shit didn't matter, they wouldn't be doing this. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, this idea that it's useless and needless and you're powerless. Like, they wouldn't be going through all this trouble of trying to get you not to if that was the case. And that's all I'll say for that without getting all preachy, preachy on them. It was a little preachy, though. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> uh, no, nah, but, but I, I co-sign all of the preach. I'll, I'll be the rabbi to your Baptist. Um, oh, there you go. But yeah, but also I would say that, uh, yeah, I mean, and actually, yeah, like a, a friend of mine from Atlanta who is, you know, a black dude, like probably in his 40s, he's voted in every election, just purged him for inactivity. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it couldn't be, it, I mean, this has been their strategy for a long time. And obviously, John Roberts' court already gutted the Voting Rights Act, but, 
it's getting even more flagrant. And I would say that, I mean, and look, I'll put anybody who's on that, like voting doesn't matter tip, you know, get at me. I'll, I'll put my radicalism up against yours in a second. So that's got nothing to do with anything. This is about harm minimization. And it's absolutely essential that as many Democrats are elected as possible. And on the flip side, on a local level, like on in uh, DA's races, as an example, like we have that new great Philly DA, Larry Krasner. Love that dude, man. Real stuff. And there's other candidates like that running. So people also, if you look into local races, you actually could have opportunities to vote for like really good Democrats. And that. And so, and that's, then, the, and that's the thing too that folks need to understand: though, the more local elections are the bigger games, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think so. I just think you got to do it. It's, and that's of course, there's way more things to do, but if you don't have power, you don't, and you got to have power. And the Democratic Party, I'm not saying it represents people necessarily. I have many critiques of it, but. It's the only place you'll get a threshold, a foothold in, yep. and it's critical. That's it. There's nothing complicated about it. Go vote. <laughs> Go help get All people. right. Uh, can I'll, I say I'll, something real quick? Go uh, ahead, Because I know we don't, we're not, we don't have another topic on the rundown, but I do want to say I, on my show, I mean, you know that I cover Brazil a lot. I should have mentioned yes. this before. Uh, I would encourage people to look up. You know, I talk definitely about Lula da Silva, the former president, the guy who I admire a lot. You know, was that guy, he grew up penniless, literally, was a metal worker, lost fingers in a metalwork accident, rose to become a union leader, helped bring, went to jail in the 80s and helped bring down the military dictatorship in Brazil. And then ended up being president from 2003 to 2012, where he lifted 40 million people out of poverty and was the most popular president on earth, in uh, Barack Obama's words. And they put him in jail on actually like really bullshit charges. And they've used this whole thing to destroy or try to destroy the Workers' Party. And now they're on the verge of electing a guy who's worse than Trump. He wants to deregulate gun laws so that they can flood um, wealthy people with guns, basically, in Brazil. And he wants cops who already murder police, uh, people, like including, you know, definitely disproportionately black and indigenous and favela Brazilians at a huge rate. He wants that to happen even more. Plus, you know, privatize the oil industry and give uh, everything that you know Wall Street and all the Western corporations. Um, who support the right wing in Brazil and Latin America as they always do what they want. So, you know, I just, if anybody's listening from Brazil or if anybody wants to think about it, there's some other shit that's happening. Like this, this thing is global. This Trumpism is global. And, uh, and, in, and in Brazil, you also got a hero who's been put in jail. So I just want to put that on the table too. I know that we follow each other on Twitter. So Waz knows that I'm on my, Yes. Come on, Mike. Nah, this is Mike. this is one of your this is you 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 have your finger on the pulse of what's happening in Brazil and you have from the start. Matter of fact, even before the the military coup, the government coup, um, you were you you were all over Brazil. So uh yeah, I'm glad well, that you did that. Lula's a good dude, man. I mean right. it's also just like you know, it was an opportunity when you had somebody who is you know, current, I would argue 
objectively the most successful modern president. You know, it's just it's interesting. There's, a, there's interesting characters and a lot of great people there doing a lot of great work. And they're, you know, they're in serious trouble right now. And obviously the U.S. government and U.S. business community have been harmful. And now you got Steve Bannon's connected with Bolsonaro, who's the fascist candidate. You just had a big uh, fake news scandal there, too, where companies illegally bought people's WhatsApp information and flooded them with fake news. So, you know, all that shit's happening there, too, man. We got to we got to take this all on at once. It's fucking exhausting. But we're right. <laughs> <laughs> My boy. Oh, man, a, a really solid, I would say a, a 10 out of 10 First episode in the new digs, man. I'm digging the couch. The TV is 65 inches, man. Now we <laughs> just need some some nice coffee books so that when the ladies come over, they can feel comfortable. You feel me? That's right. That's right. I like a history of like sneakers, maybe something on like Peruvian coffee urns. The of course, of and of course, we're gonna have the autobiography of Malcolm X. You know, well, what I'm nice assortment. <laughs> Yeah, autobiography of Malcolm X, and then that, so that somebody could pick it up for a few minutes before they sneak over to the GQ. All right, perfect. Um, yo, once again, shout out to the producer Roberto Roberto Lopez. Um, on the ones and twos, man, he's been holding us down for months now, and I want to say thank you personally, Rob. I appreciate what you're doing for us. Uh, of course, the evil producer, Jade Hoy, who's probably, you know, running his daddy daycare right now at the moment. But shout birthday, to Jade, Jade Hoy. Oh, yeah. B- birthday, Jade. Man, happy birthday to Jade Hoy. Happy you know, birthday. Yes, yes. Jade Hoy, the legend, the young legend of God, Drizzy Drake. And last but certainly not least, Amelia Clark, who plays Khaleesi on Game of Thrones. My personal favorite character. Yeah, I was going to say Last but first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.